It's kind of crazy how oftentimes in the world we live in, women are desexualized when they get pregnant and when they become mothers. Because that's how they got there, by being being sexual, having sex. And so it's like super crazy, right? And it's like, you know, you you get pregnant and or have a baby and now your life is over. It's like, no, what about that kid? You better not be out there thinking about yourself or pleasuring yourself or or having having sex to have more babies like no take care of that child right but what we know is that women we can be so many different things right being a mom does not mean that you're not sexual being a oftentimes people want to position things as dichotomies or as opposites polar opposites at that and they're not And uh, that is what we're talking about today. We're talking about sex in the context of being a mommy, postpartum sex, all of those different things. It's your freak hostess, Jody, and you're tuned into Provocative. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. I will marry a nigga off some dick because everything else we can work on. And I have uh, sporadic periods of excessive masturbation. I really like how that just sounded. If I fuck you once and it's good, I'm gonna keep fucking you. Cause I didn't start sucking dick until college. Blew in that man's butthole. <laughs> that, that shit is wicked. That shit. Is- and today I have joining with me Nikita. Can you introduce yourself to the provocative audience? Hi, my name is Nikita Grady. I am a postpartum sex and intimacy coach. I work with women to help them reconnect to their sexual selves, to who they were sexually before having children. Um, As you mentioned, sometimes we tend to have kids and the world is like, okay, you have a child, you cannot be sexual. Like, what? (laughs) So um, that is my focus because you can be a mom and still be sexual and you can be a mom, a busy mom and still have an amazing sex life. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's super important. Um, Like I said, it's super crazy that people will just once you become a mom, you're nothing else, right? Like (laughs) that is your new title, that is your job, that is how people view you. And it's like, if you try to lean into any identity outside of Mm -hmm. that, right? People are people, the public will quickly say, where are those kids? Even with me being a sex coach, it's almost like you're a what? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, um, I'm a mom and a sex coach and I have amazing sex. (laughs) Yeah, same. And that's why I really wanted you on the show because, uh, you know, I'm a a sex coach as well. I'm a sex educator and I am a mom. And Mm -hmm. people are quick to say, oh, my God, I can't believe you talk that way. And it's right. like, well, why wouldn't I? I'm still all of these other things, right? So I'm I'm a scholar. I'm a mom. Mm-hmm. I'm a cheer coach. I'm a mentor. I'm a podcaster. Why is it that the only time that you say, but you're a mom, you know, you only bring up that title when I'm doing something that's like, you know, oh, I'm embracing mm-hmm. my sexual or sensual energy, right? Then it's like, no, right. you're a mom. You're not supposed to do this. It's like... What? Absolutely. <laughs> have you seen um, any of the content that I put out with Mr. Playtime Prep where yes, we're showing like how to do? Okay. 
I received a lot of backlash. It's like, oh my gosh, you have a daughter. Like, she's going to grow up one day. And I'm like, okay. I, yeah, she is I know. Grow she, up one day. And I, she, <laughs> yeah, and I hope that she looks at this and says, you know what? I'm so glad that I had a mom as a sex educator who was able to give me the facts and the real about what goes into all of these things because there's so much bad information out there. Right. Um, and I tell all the time, like, my daughter is going to know about sex. Yes. She's going to know the proper anatomy. And it's not because I condone her having sex at an early age. But it's because I know that I started sex at an early age and I did not have proper sex education. Um, I know that I got my information from my horny little peers. Yep. I would rather my daughter get information from me and I know that the information that she's receiving is correct than for her to get information from anyone else and not knowing what they could possibly be telling her, right? I totally um. agree. Like literally uh, back in November, I was quoted in an article uh, that's on Yahoo Lifestyle. And it was about parents who are taking sexual education into their own hands. And I said, as a sex coach, I do not shy away from calling things what they are when it comes to my 11 year old. Right. So, mm -hmm. again, I'm not telling her that, oh, this is how you, you know, like, no, I'm I'm still talking talk to her in a way that's very age appropriate what the issue right, is absolutely. when it comes to sex education is that the extent of sexual education that people want to give to kids is don't have sex next mm -hmm. like that's yeah. it uh but no that's not sexual education right um uh, because if you or even um i had a conversation with this one woman who was saying that uh, her daughter had asked her a question about like where do babies come from or something about sex. It was like a sexual question. And the, mm -hmm. of course the daughter didn't look at it as a sexual question. She looked at it as a question that I'm curious about. And I'm going to the person that I trust. That right. is, that is the context in which the child asked the question. The mother mm -hmm. lied to her and said, Oh, well, I just told her this. And I instantly said, do you know what you're doing when you do something like that? Because it's not like the question is going to go away. She's going to have a conversation right. with her peers and they're going to tell her something mm -hmm. different. And now she's going to mm -hmm. do one of two things. She's going to continue to go to her peers because her mom clearly doesn't know what she's talking about. Do you want your child to view you as someone who doesn't know what they're talking about? And or right. she's going to say she lied to me. Mm -hmm. Now I don't trust her. So now if I do decide to engage in something, I feel ashamed of even coming to her because she does, you know, she's not going to understand. She's going to right. make me feel bad about, you know, asking these questions or feeling these feelings. And we have to stop this culture of shaming our children when we know that, look, their their bodies are changing. They're, they're feeling mm -hmm. feelings. We need to help them understand it. But oftentimes right. I think the problem is that we, as adults don't understand the shit our damn selves so we're all exactly. we're doing is projecting shame onto our children and mm -hmm. that is not right absolutely i completely agree with you my daughter is three mm -hmm. and she already knows what her vulva is and it's not like i just got her up one day and like hey you're gonna learn the female anatomy it was exactly uh, one day she was in the bathtub and she was like opening up her labia like she was like looking down i'm like what are you doing 
Mm-hmm. And she looked at me and I'm like, do you know what this is? And then I said, you know, this is your vulva. This is your labia. And we started mm-hmm. naming the rest of our body parts, you know, because she already knew her arms and her chest. And, right. You know, her head. She already knew the, the common body parts that people aren't ashamed of talking about. Mm-hmm. So then we dived into the anatomy. And of course, you know, I didn't go into full detail and started talking about, you know, this is your your vaginal opening and your cervix is up here like right. i didn't go that far again because it's, it's not age three. appropriate right but it's right like you can't like, communicate at a way that look this is you'll understand this mm-hmm. and uh she's been in the bathroom with me before when my period was on and, and she's seen me changing you know my pad or a tampon and she's like mommy ill because she sees the blood and she's right. like ill I've had I've had the period conversation with her again. She's only three. Yeah, but she now understands that mommy has a period, and when I get older, I will also have this. Exactly. Yeah, that's how. And I, again, I was very similar with my daughter because uh, she comes into the, to this day. She's eleven, and she still. I'll, mm-hmm. I'll be in the shower, and she's like peeking around the shower curtain. And I'm like, girl, what you want? Yeah. <laughs> Um, since we're on the topic of talking about like children and sex and um, moms being uncomfortable with the topic in general, I want to use this as a, as a segue to talk about um, how to actually be more comfortable in your sexuality as a mom. Because if you are a mom with a child, you understand that your children are going to be your biggest cock blockers, your biggest haters when it comes to oh, sex, right? My God. So, there is going to come a time that you may experience your child walking in on you during oh, a before sexual you, bef- activity. Before you, right? before you continue, like I, that is your kids. It, it be your own kids. They really do be, <laughs> it be your own kids. So my daughter, <laughs> this was like maybe a year ago. It had to have been a year uh-huh. ago, right? And right. what I what I would do because she's always up under me, right? So I like mm-hmm. I would wait until she's like sleep, and then I'll like mm-hmm. okay, let me go in the bathroom, and then like you know I'm gonna use my squirrel real quick just so I can kind of get my mm-hmm. rocks off real quick, and then I can sleep well. Wow, right. this girl, we had cheer practice one time, and she, mommy, what's that toy you be using that be vibrating? <laughs> and I'm like, no, she did not. <laughs> Girl, leave me alone. <laughs> wow, listen. <laughs> so then I'm, I was like, oh my, uh, and it's funny because I'm like, oh my God, not my room, not the bathroom be sound like a barbershop. I'm like, I don't, and I'm not gonna, it's like, here's the thing. She knows, she knows that I have toys. Right. Right. So it's the fact that she was like, mommy, what should, cause she didn't say like, oh, what you be using that be vibrating. She was like, what toy, right. what toy you be playing with that be vibrating? I'm like, ah, oh, nah, she, she like, it's a, <laughs> cause it's like at the end of the, at the end of the day, I cannot shield you from the world. I want you to understand right. things and I want you to be comfortable with coming to me. But mm-hmm. yeah, your kids be your biggest haters. Like, girl, leave me alone. I don't be saying nothing when you be up in there listening, you know, doing your little TikTok dances and stuff. Like, <laughs> let me have my let me have my fun time the way you be having yours. <laughs> I already know my daughter gonna be embarrassing the, the life out of me. Like she she does it now unintentionally. She'll yeah. be in my office roaming, doing something she had no business doing, and she will emerge 
with something, a dildo. What's this? A condom. What's this? And I'm like, please get out of my office. Matter of fact, she came in my room yesterday with a condom talking about, mommy, what is this? I'm like, you don't take that back in my office. We're not, we're not ready to talk about this yet. Go put it back. Right. <laughs> but they do. Um, my daughter so far has never walked in on me, mm-hmm. but she has walked in like right when we were done. Mm. and um i know that for some parents they don't know what to do um or they feel like i know that my child is eventually going to get up and come in the room so i can't have sex because i don't want to risk that do not let your children block your ability to enjoy pleasure Mm -hmm. whether it's solo or with a partner right so in in my situation um my boyfriend was here because we were in a long distance relationship my daughter has her own room but i do co-sleep like so She's almost always in the bed with me. Yeah. But, this, you know, because my boyfriend was in town, she had to sleep in her room in her bed. And so, you know, I put her to sleep, put her in her room, make sure she was good. And then we came back to the room and we did our thing. Right. And like I said, as soon as we were done, I'm talking about it was almost as if she was standing at the door waiting on us to finish. <laughs> like, as soon as we were done, she busted the door, mommy. Like, he scrambled to grab the comforter to wrap around him. And I'm like, throw me my robe real quick. And I'm putting that on. And I'm trying to, like, slide out. And it's like, like because she's young, I know she doesn't really understand what's going on. But I know that that's probably not going to be the last time that that happens. Right. Things that could avoid that or prevent that, I'm sorry. Things that could prevent that from happening are, like, lock your door. Mm-hmm. Lock your door so that your child is just like, I didn't expect my daughter to wake up. So our door was not locked. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, um, there may be a time that is embarrassing for moms if your child actually sees you in the act or if they hear you, especially if they're older kids and they want to know. I've had clients ask me, like, how do I talk to my child? How do I explain that? And every situation is different. It depends on the relationship you have with your child. But you have to be comfortable first. Mm -hmm. I would start that off with, what did you hear? What do you think was happening? And then take that conversation based off the answer that they provide and make sure that your answer is also at their maturity level. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, you wouldn't tell a five-year-old who says, well, I heard mommy and daddy wrestling. Oh, yeah, because they would beat it up. Like, you must right, definitely like, oh, girl, I was like, so good. Like, no, you don't say that. That's but, what you, <laughs> right, but what you could say is, well, mommy and daddy were, were having adult time. Mm-hmm. And you don't even have to go too much more detail than that if you don't want to. Right. And, and you can leave it at that until it comes up again later in life. But, um, I, I said all of that to say, don't let your biggest haters stop you from getting your biggest pleasure. That like, part. again, you, you are a mom, as we mentioned at the beginning of this episode. You're also other things. You're, you may be a, a mom and a wife or a mom and a girlfriend or a mom and a fiance, a mom and a sexual goddess, mm-hmm. a mom um, and like and all these other things that you are. So learn how to separate those titles because you you cannot be a mom and a sexual beast at the same time mm-hmm. it's not gonna your head you're not gonna enjoy it you're not gonna orgasm you're not even gonna want to have sex after a while yeah if you're constantly you're not in the of, moment right so it's like right, your your right. brain is in all of these different places where they should not be mm-hmm. right so what right. we know to be true is like oh, okay like I, t- I talk all the time about like you know when i'm in study mode i go to the library 
because mm-hmm. I'm there. I'm in the setting. My brain is focused on that. Right. If I know that mm-hmm. if I get to the library and I can't focus on it, I, I can leave. I have to right. like, no, I shouldn't be here. Same thing with you. You go to the gym, right? When you go to the gym, right. you're there and you're focused on the gym and you're able to right. be this gym. You're in the gym. That's what you're focused on. You're focused on your fitness right mm-hmm. there. When it comes to sex and of course, you know, you're not you're not thinking about your kids. That's not the time for you to be thinking about them. And it is okay. Right. Because again, we're so many different things outside of being, mm-hmm. you know, a mom. And it's super important, especially for women to, you know, have those moments where you do schedule your, you know, your your adult time, your your mm-hmm. sexual where, where you're where you're able to release that energy. Right. Because it is mm-hmm. built up energy and we harbor our stress in our hips and we have to mm-hmm. release it. Right. So it's like, OK, yeah, you right. can like dance it off. But it's like, no, I need somebody to like, you know, knock my shit off real quick so that I could. <laughs> so it's like all of that other built up tension is released right because Mm -hmm. you can do all these different things but the way in which sex can release tension and stress Mm -hmm. it's like no it's kind of unmatched you know it's like you know it's super funny when people say like oh what's better than sex i know i'd be like i don't know what y'all talking about it ain't no (laughs) no amount of food it ain't no amount of movies it ain't no amount of liquor y'all tripping y'all is tripping right That is funny. I always say, you know, this is, matter of fact, I put a post on Facebook, I think like two weeks ago, and I'm like, that that morning stretch when you first wake up is almost mm-hmm. better than an orgasm. Yeah. Almost. Because it ain't, it ain't it ain't better than I'm like you. I don't know too many things that's gonna be good. Yeah, y'all tripping. Y'all tripping. Almost. I can't relate. I cannot relate. <laughs> right. You said two things that I want to touch up on because I think it's very important when it comes to moms who are having trouble getting back into their sexuality. The first thing that you mentioned was you like to be in an environment that caters to what you have going on in that moment. Yes. Like if you're studying, you wanna go to the library you're working out you want to go to the gym if you're trying to be sexy in your bedroom it may be helpful to remove your kid items remove the toys take the playpen out of the bedroom create the environment that makes you feel sexy because if you have baby toys kid toys or all of the baby stuff everywhere in the room it's going to be very the moment you roll over and you hear that squeaky (laughs) ass toy annoying toy that your baby done left (laughs) in your bed you're gonna be like ah god damn it i can't do this with right right. mr squeaky in the damn bed (laughs) (laughs) now you feel like a bad person you like oh my god yeah and that that mom guilt will kick in so fast yes um, for those of you who are not familiar with the term mom guilt, it's when you start feeling guilty for things that are pleasurable to you because you're not catering to your child or because you're not doing for your child. Like you can have mom guilt behind shopping. If you're buying clothes for you, then you feel guilty because you're not yes, buying clothes for so your now kids. You're for, now you're um, buying stuff for your kids that you know your kid don't need, but you right. feel like, oh, in order right. to justify me buying something for myself, mm-hmm. I have to buy something for my kid. Yes. Right. A lot of women get mom guilt um, when it comes to their sexuality because they they 
well, I have time to spend with my significant other, then I could be spending this time with my kid also. Mm-hmm. Or they feel like they're neglecting their children for their needs. And I don't know where it, when society began to tell us that we can't take care of ourselves, I really hate that society also tries to push us away from believing that sexual pleasure is self-care. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it's a meme. It's a meme like that that was like, you said you was taking a self care day. All you did was lay in bed all day and masturbate. And I'm like, what's the problem? <laughs> that is self care, right? <laughs> so my, I, I tell my clients, self care is anything that you can do that can contribute to the betterment of yourself. So if having an orgasm, whether, again, that is solo or partnered, if that is going to help you clear your mind or help you Mm -hmm. lose that attitude or help you be focused so that you can be a a better version of yourself, that is self-care. But um, with mom guilt, that's a big thing. So remove any distractions or anything that's going to take you right back into mommy mode if you're in the moment. If you open your eyes and this man is on top of you, and you glance over his shoulder and you see like bottles on the dresser, like that's going to take you out. Cause mm-hmm. now you're going to be thinking about how you need to wash, you need to wash the bottles. You need to wash the dishes. X, Y, Z. Yep. Also, you mentioned something about scheduling. Yes. I get clients that look, that look at me sideways when I tell them that I want them to, to start scheduling sex. People automatically assume that it's whack. It you can't be spontaneous. Um, it's gonna make the, the most sex boring. amazing scheduled sex. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is like the number one example that I give anybody who questions why you should um, why you should schedule sex or have something negative to say about scheduling it. Right? When you plan a date, you almost always know if that date is going to end in sex. Right? Mm-hmm. So if you have this date on the calendar, you're on your fifth date with this guy you've been going out with. You know you're going to get that ass on Friday night, right? You know you're going to get that pussy up that night. You know. So (laughs) subconsciously, you have scheduled sex for after the date on Friday night. Mm -hmm. What's the difference from that? Then you flat out saying, we're going to have sex Friday night at 8. That part. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. So you can still be spontaneous and schedule sex. Um, just because you're scheduling sex does not mean you have to schedule out all the details. You can just say we're going to have sex Friday night at 8. You don't have to say, you don't even have to say Friday night at 8. You can just make sure that you're going to have sex on Friday night. Mm-hmm. You can do it in the kitchen. You can do it in the backyard. You can do it in the car. But all roads like, leading to sex that night. All roads leading to sex at night. But when you put it on the calendar, you then make it a priority. I love We that. put everything that we prioritize on the calendar. Doctor mm-hmm. appointments, hair appointments, nail appointments. Why you can't put that dick appointment on here? I show sure had a masturbation schedule. <laughs> I swear to God. Like, literally. I like that. Like, I had a master... So, uh... And... <laughs> uh, this was... This was this is on my masturbation episode where I referred to how I have uh, periods of excessive masturbation. And literally, mm-hmm. uh, around noon, so when most people are having lunch, 
I'm mm-hmm. I'm pleasuring myself and literally mm-hmm. it was it was basically like clockwork and I loved that for me. I was like, you know what? It's about yeah. time to, you know, people are like, oh, it's about time for lunch. I'm like, it's about time to masturbate. <laughs> and uh, I loved that for me because my phone will automatically go on do not disturb and then I'll mm-hmm. play some music and I'm I'm in my mode. And after that, yeah. My productivity rate shoots up. Mm-hmm. Go through the room, right? I tell people, like, you know, I know, again, and obviously this isn't going to work for everybody because all, you know, pussies are created differently, right? Then nobody is created equal. But um, for right. me, after I, you know, have an orgasm, I'm super alert. So I'm like, oh my God, I want to do stuff. Like now I'm, I'm super creative. I come up with a lot of my great ideas post-nut. I'm super engaged after that. Other people are like, oh my God, I just want to go roll over and go to sleep. I'm like, that's not me. That's not my reality. Like for me, it's a moment of productivity. And how I realized that was that it had gotten to a point where if I have a lot of things on my plate, and this is super funny because it's like, wait, you know, you're procrastinating. You you have all these things on your plate. And your your answer is, I have to masturbate. Yeah, mm-hmm. I have to masturbate. That's going to help me. That's going to help me because I'm not going to. Here's the thing. I could either miserably work through this to-do list or I could happily work mm-hmm. through this to-do list. I'm going to choose the happy right. route. So I'm going to masturbate first. And then that's going to improve my overall mood, which is going to improve mm-hmm. improve my mindset. And it's going to help with my productivity because now I'm happy. Like, I'm like, oh, you know, yeah, of course I'll do that. I'll go. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. just feel like grocery shopping. Just want to go to the store. I just want to go run errands, and I'm right. <laughs> like that is that that works for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, yeah. it's definitely a, a great stress reliever. Um, I noticed recently, so I'm super busy, and lately I've been even busier. Mm-hmm. A little three year old sweet baby. She's in dance. She does tap. She does ballet. She does hip hop. She's also in gymnastics. She also goes to school. My son is special needs. So he has doctor appointments and therapy like clockwork. Like it's always something. So sometimes, um, even though I'm a, I'm a sex coach and even though I know the things to do and I know how to keep my libido up and I know how to schedule sex and all of those things, sometimes life be life. Right. I have started to get very irritable. I have become very snappy mm-hmm. and um, I was talking to my best friend and she was like, yeah, you know, I was masturbating this morning and, and the dude called me. So I just talked to him while I was doing it and he helped me get up. And as she was talking, I was like, damn, I ain't masturbated in a minute and I ain't had sex in a minute. Ooh. And I was like, I'm, I'm masturbating tonight. Yeah. So my daughter went with my sister. My, ironically, my daughter asked to stay tonight with my sister. So she was gone. She's out of here. My son was in his room asleep. So I was like, yep, it's time to get it. Right. I've been in a good mood since then. Yeah. Like, it, <laughs> it is absolutely necessary to make sure you schedule that time. Do whatever you need to do. Um, for, for women, for moms especially, who struggle with, like, how to do it, like you said, Create a routine where you include that. Like maybe it's taking a shower and getting it in while you're locked in the bathroom in the shower every day or every other day or at least three times a week or something like that. Mm -hmm. What gets me in the mood if I'm not in the mood is I so I love to smell good and I love Mm -hmm. certain old school songs. Right. So I pull that playlist up. I get in the shower and I'll exfoliate with smell good um, body scrubs. 
Mm-hmm. And then I'll get out of the shower and I'll oil up with some shea butter or some oil that I, some body oil that smells really good. Mm-hmm. And as I'm touching myself, I just start to sexually connect with myself and I start yes. getting turned on. And I'm like, oh, yeah. and I do this in the mirror yes. because I also like to show my body appreci- appreciation and I like to look at myself when I do that. So um, if it's late at night, if I've been out and I've been drinking, sometimes I like to come home and lock myself in the off in my office, and I'll put on some lingerie and I like to dance for the camera. And I don't do this for for my partner or for anybody it's particularly. For I, like I just like to do it. I like being on camera in lingerie makes me feel sexy. Yes. So I'll come in here and I'll, I'll put my camera on a on my ring light and I'll set set it up and I have on my lingerie and I'll turn on this playlist and I'll just start dancing. Yes. And then that leads to a whole self-pleasure session in my office. And it's like the best ever. So there are definitely ways that even if you're a mom, even if you're, especially if you're a busy mom, that you can still work in the solo play, the partner play, like get get your orgasms, girl. Yeah, I totally agree. (laughs) What I also think is important because um, I also I also started having sex early. I started uh, I lost my virginity at 14. And I think part of what happens when, again, you lose your virginity and you start having sex early where you were not properly educated on sex. There's a lag, right? There's like you have to catch up when it comes to prioritizing your pleasure and then realizing Mm -hmm. like what you actually like, because you started having sex before you even knew what that meant. I didn't start really prioritizing my pleasure. I didn't start masturbating until my late 20s going into the Uh age of 30. That's a long time for me to be having sex and not masturbate. And Mm -hmm. not, you know, specifically like, oh, make a conscious decision to masturbate as well. So I typically talk to people about how I know what I like now because I made it a mission of mine to do these things. I didn't have a whole phase in my 20s. So it's like, okay, I had my daughter when I was 21. So I was a mom. Like it's my, my, mom. I was with her dad. And then when we broke up, I was in one other long-term relationship for about five years after that. So when I turned mm-hmm. 30 and I was like, oh my God, I haven't had a whole phase. I never really <laughs> masturbated. It's like, it's a lot of things that I need to experience first before I get mm-hmm. into another relationship. Like I'm, I am a relationship person. I, I love love and I love relationships, but I'm like, no, I need to be in a relationship with myself. I need to focus on mm-hmm. myself. So what I did was I was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to have a whole phase. I'm going to like, whatever that means, I'm going to figure it out. And mm-hmm. it started with me just buying sex toys, bought a rose, and then eventually I got a squirrel and other dildos and stuff. And now I'm like, oh, okay, I like these sorts of toys, but not those. And I like when I feel like this and not like that. So I literally mm-hmm. begun to explore my own body. And then I gradually brought other people into that experience with me because it's not mm-hmm. about them. When I'm fucking somebody, it ain't about you. It's about me sharing this experience with you, but it's not always Absolutely. about you. Like we're going to share mm-hmm. this thing. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm, I'm having a pleasurable experience and I'm sharing that with you. 
as opposed yeah. to me depending on you to be the source of my pleasure. I feel like oftentimes women, they, they feel guilty about pleasuring themselves and as a result, their pleasure is specifically tied to what a man can do for them. And mm-hmm. then they complain about being unsatisfied because they're like, oh, well, he not fucking me right. Or he not doing this right. And it's like, I mean, did you tell him what you like? Oh, well, you don't know what you like because exactly. you haven't explored your own body. You, you, so now what? <laughs> right. <laughs> you know what really burns my ears? When I hear women say, I'm not teaching a grown ass man how to have sex. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> you don't have to teach him how to have sex, but you should be willing to teach him how to pleasure you yes. properly. Yes, cause and there's a the difference. Yeah, because here's the thing: we have women that fake moan, so you already conditioning him to do the shit that you don't like anyway. So you could fake right. moan, mm-hmm. but you can't tell him like, no, actually, this isn't working, <laughs> and do something without making somebody feel bad about something. You can literally have right, a mature right. conversation, right? It's and all in your delivery. Yeah, mm-hmm. you can say like, okay. I don't really, and it's like, it doesn't matter who initiates the conversation. Cause I've had guys mm-hmm. that, you know, prior to uh, my, my ex that I was with from like my mid twenties to my late twenties, I hadn't had those kind of aftercare conversations. So it's like, mm-hmm. we would have those conversations about like, Oh wait, what did you like? What didn't you like? And Mm -hmm. after that, I'm like, no, these conversations are important. Part of the reason that we had really good sex was because we had conversations and we understood what the other person liked. Like, for example, you know, he wasn't a big he wasn't big on receiving head. Like, I, you know, he just that just wasn't his thing. And I was like, oh, okay, that's helpful to know, because oftentimes we assume that all men just love getting their dick sucked all the time. Like all pussies are not created equal it's the same thing with dicks you have to understand your partner so if you're not having those conversations with your partner how can you just arrogantly say oh no i know what i'm doing no be comfortable like it's so much arrogance when it comes to sex as well like people don't want to be coached they think they know everything and those be the main people that be having bad sex like just because you have sex with a lot of people don't mean your sex good Absolutely. I have a post. I was like, good good pussy doesn't mean good sex. And Ooh, like, you can part. have one without the other. Yes. Like, <laughs> but um talking about conversations, I feel like conversations with your partner are always necessary. So whether you've been together just for a month, whether you've been together for five years and you have two kids, because um, another thing that a lot of women don't realize is when you start having kids, your body goes through these changes. Yep. Your sex life begins to change too. You might not like things that you liked prior and your partner don't know. might continue you- doing the things mm-hmm. that they like that you liked before because you're not telling them otherwise. Like mm-hmm. for me, my nipples have always been like, you could take me from zero to a hundred real quick just by like uh, stimulating my nipples. Mm-hmm. Well, with my daughter, I breastfed for two and a half years almost. Mm-hmm. So now my nipples do not turn me on like they did before. Mm-hmm. My partner wouldn't know that if I'm not comfortable having that conversation with him. I wouldn't know that if I didn't explore my body yes. without my partner. Mm-hmm. So those things, all of those things are very, very, very important. Yes, I totally agree. Um, It's funny because, again, we just we uh, oftentimes people go into sexual situations with a bunch of assumptions. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. it's okay to assume to a certain extent, 
But you can't go into anything, especially a new situation, with a ton of assumptions because that's the quickest way to make an ass out of yourself is just to assume that you know exactly mm-hmm. what they want. Like, <laughs> no, you can say, like, oh, okay, because we've had these sorts of conversations, I'm going to make an assumption based on that. Like, okay, you have to have a basis for these assumptions that you're making, right? And right. with me, you know, like, I would have guys, like, you know, sucking on my nipples and stuff like that, and I'm like ooh, like actually I don't like that I don't like that I did not like nipple stimulation until I got them pierced that was the only time I started to like it because now they're more sensitive than they were before and again that's something that I knew because in and I didn't share it with people until it was like okay no I have to share this with you because you over here sucking on my nipple you could be sucking on my clit like you sucking on the wrong body part right now <laughs> right. and this ain't doing nothing for me you want to do something for me go lower because this ain't doing nothing for me we have to take our ego out of it so when you are having say it again say it louder for the people in the back (laughs) ego has no place in the bedroom ego literally and i i i know i've said this probably on multiple episodes like when you take your ego out of sex you are able to have fun you are truly able to let go and have fun when we talk about being coachable and listening to your partner there's no room for ego there because the ego's job is only to make you comfortable that is the sole purpose of us having an ego is to make us comfortable and it is okay if we are uncomfortable so we have to have uncomfortable conversations so that we can have better outcomes if everything is comfortable you're not gonna grow your sexuality you're not gonna grow in your sexual experiences you're just gonna you're gonna accept what comes at you and it's because your ego is holding you back definitely removing our ego so that we can have better experiences and have these uncomfortable conversations and say like you know what babe I don't really like that so I could do without it maybe try this let's try that like it does not have to be a nasty conversation where someone feels like you're attacking them or you're being mean or any of those things right it can literally just be a mature conversation I like to tell people too like when you're having those conversations like start with the positive I love when you do this but I didn't really like when you did that Mm mm-hmm so that way it doesn't seem like you're coming in attacking your partner. Agreed. Because again, it's all about the delivery, right? Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. We we tackled a lot in this short amount of time. <laughs> but what do you think are like the top takeaways for being a mommy and being a sexual being at the same time? Because we don't, you know what I'm saying? We, we are all of these different things. And mm-hmm. we should not feel guilty for being all these things. So what do you think Absolutely. people should keep top of mind? Learn to separate your roles. So learn to separate being a mom from being a wife, from being a sexual being. Well, I guess wife and sexual being go hand in hand. But you have to learn how to separate all of those roles from your mommy role because you can't be in the moment. You have to be present in the moment to be able to fully enjoy it. Prioritize yourself, your pleasure, and your self-care. Do things that make you feel sexy. And don't be, or learn to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And once you can master that, then you can move forward. So 
Um, and what I mean by that is like, if you're uncomfortable having sex because you have a child in the house, you're never going to have sex because you're going to always have that child in the house. That part. If and you're uncomfortable. Like 19 years to the kid move out. <laughs> to, yeah, <laughs> if you're uncomfortable telling your partner that you don't like this one thing that he always does because he thinks you like it, then he's going to continue doing that one thing that you absolutely hate. So get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. Prioritize yourself and learn to separate your roles, your life roles. I love that. I love that. Um, yeah, we covered a lot on this episode. Can you tell the people how to find you? Do you have any upcoming Absolutely. projects? Any, anything <laughs> you want to close out with? Um, I will be hosting a couple of intimacy workshops um, throughout the rest of the year. So you guys can follow me on Instagram again at Nikita Grady or um, keep an eye on my website so you'll know when those workshops uh, will be happening so that you can come take part. Um, I also I also teach couples how to restore intimacy. So like you just follow me on Instagram. Period. <laughs> feel free to slide. Feel free to slide into my DMs. I do try to respond to people if you DM me and I don't get to you right away. It probably went to my filtered messages. Give me some time because I do check those periodically. Sounds good. Thank you so much for coming on to the show. Like I said, I thought this was an amazing conversation. I think we gave the people Absolutely. a lot of good tips and we dropped some gems. And mm -hmm. yeah, guys, make sure you follow Nikita. I'm going to list her information in the show notes. So go ahead and click on that. And on that note, we out. Before you go, I want to remind you to embrace your inner hoe. Thank you for tuning in to Provocative, and don't forget to follow us on all streaming platforms. Happy hoeing! P R H O E B O C A T I V E. Spell with the word hoe because deep down, we all got some hoe in us. And this is your safe space to be unapologetically provocative. Oh, is my ground too masculine? Put the nigga in missionary. Yeah. The <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> 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 <laughs>